They told us to give a disclaimer. The views expressed on this podcast are those of the podcasters, any guests, and do not reflect any of the management, owners, sponsorships, or employees of thereof. Pretty much, if you're soft, don't listen to this podcast. Um, one thing I pride myself on is just being the same and, and trying to look out for my folks along the way. Like, even with all these, you know, big things happening, nigga, like, you still mad humble and you still, like, you have enough clout now where you could easily be like, I'm not fucking with this. I'm not fucking with that. Oh, yeah, motherfuckers. It's on. You good now? Yeah, I'm good now, now. <laughs> How's Kenny doing, man? Dude, he's good, man. Um, So he's... We're recording, by the way. Okay, cool, cool, cool. No, uh, perfect. So, Kenny, my older brother, he's doing good. He's out in West Jordan. Uh, lives right across the street from Jordan Landing, but he lives with our mom, uh, our biological mom. Yeah. But no, he wanted me to tell you, he says, what's up, dude? Because like, damn, I haven't seen Dre in so long. Dude. For real, it's been, a, I think the last time I seen him, we were at Top Golf. I think it was for Nina's birthday. Oh, yeah, that's right. And I swear he jumped into the back of my car and we drove him to like, because he was like on the far side of the parking lot. Yeah, yeah. I think we drove him to his car or something. So I'm glad to hear he's doing good, man. Yeah, no, he's doing good. Um, He did also beat COVID. Um, oh, nice. He had pneumonia, though, uh, uh, with COVID. Oh, man. So he had to um, pretty much was laid up for a month in the hospital. Damn. But they had to pump his lungs out with fluid or from all the fluid that was in his lungs. They had to pump it out. So pull that, pull that mic closer to oh, you. Yeah, yeah, like get it right up on him, man. I want okay. people to, uh, yeah. Okay, yeah, you can adjust it. You can, okay. you know what I mean, build, bend it. There you go. Yep, loosen that. There okay, you go. There we go. There you go. For those of you that don't know um, Kenny or even my guest right now, John Martinez, he's a, a brother of mine. Um, you know, I feel like when we went, there's something special about Cottonwood High School. For sure. We went to Cottonwood High School and uh, you're a year younger than me. Yeah, I graduated two nine or yeah. two thousand nine. Okay, so two years because I was oh seven. So um, there's there's something about that school. There's something about the alumni from that school. Mm. Um, no matter what, it's always good vibes. It's always like I'm looking out for this person. No matter what, if mm. they're doing something, I'm sharing it. No matter what, there's just something about that. Uh, so I just wanted to preface that real quick. Um, but your brother that you're talking about is Kenny, and he beat COVID. Um, for those of you that don't know this guy, he is a a, a big dude like. Mm. He's a healthy guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not somebody that I think would have a difficult time with the, you know, with COVID and stuff. So to hear that he he struggled through it, but that he beat it, man, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, no, yeah, he's a he's always the one type of person that um, doesn't drink, doesn't smoke. You know, keeps keeps out of trouble that way. But at the same time, it's like you can still be a big dude, and COVID can drop you. Yeah, you know, it doesn't matter what size you are. You can like. Drop you on the spot, and it's so it's it's such a weird illness. It affects so many people so many different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think that um, you know, overcoming it—that's like the yo, I did it, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> and you like achieve like a next level of whatever it is in your life, man. Sure. But uh, I appreciate you coming in, man. And uh, you uh, you made time for me this morning, where it's a Saturday morning early, and uh, you're from out of town right now, man. You're mm-hmm. where are you living? So um, right now. I'm in between Fort Worth and Dallas, so it's called Euless, Euless, Texas. People in Texas call it useless. I'm not sure why, but uh, I saw I saw a sign the other day that said, have a fab Euless day, so I'm going to just keep calling it fabulous. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but yeah, Euless, Texas, there's a big uh, Polynesian community out there. Really? Mm-hmm. Um, both, yeah, Tongan, Samoan, um, but it's also because there's a Trinity High School, Christian uh, high school that's out there too, that's kind of a big... Uh, impact on the on the football community out there. So that's that's also I feel like the reason why there's a big Polynesian community out there 
just because of football and uh, sports, but also um, I'm not sure why, but it's like kind of like a, how Salt Lake City has a big Polynesian community and yeah. certain parts of the West Coast has big Polynesian communities, but Polynesians like to stick together. You know, yeah. So um, I'm out there, but I'm also knocking door to door, doing the solar thing, um, helping residential. But uh, at the same time, uh, I'm, that's where I'm staying out there. How you, are you liking Texas? Dude, I love Texas. Yeah, if, if you can't tell, I gained a bunch of weight because of Texas. <laughs> yeah. so, Good food? Dude, great food, man. I can't complain. Um, yeah, that's, that's the dangerous part about it is just all the food over there. So it's just trying to – food, the heat is different. Man, like I, over here in Utah, I can, bear, I can bear the heat over here. Yeah. Whereas Utah, it's like – or in Texas, it's like – as soon as you step outside, it's like tough to breathe. It's like really. It's like dang. Is it dry? Is it a dry heat like out here? No, it's humid. Oh, really? It's super humid. Um, well, I shouldn't say super humid. Like Louisiana and Florida, that's that's super humid, but it's it still got some humidity with uh, in Texas. Both states that you come from as well. You you traveled to Louisiana. You were living in Louisiana for a while, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. I was with the uh, well, uh, former head coach of ours at Conway High School, Cecil yeah. Cecil Thomas. He uh, was coaching out there, and he wanted me to be the offensive line coach to go out there. Well, let, let me let, let's back up just a little bit. Um, for those of you that are looking on YouTube, you're probably like, "This dude don't look Mexican. <laughs> this dude does not look this Mexican." The biggest Mexican I've ever seen, <laughs> John Martinez. So, look, you mentioned that um, Kenny's with your biological mother, so you, yeah. you're adopted. Mm-hmm. Um, have you were you like born adopted? Yeah, uh, adopted from birth, uh-huh. and then um, my mother, who uh, my biological mother, Nia, said, "Hey, if if I adopt my son." There's only one condition with it. He has to know where he comes from. Mm-hmm. He's, he's got a big family. So even if he didn't, if he had a closed relationship, there's so much family that's around him that he'll eventually find out who his father and who his dad, you know, his brothers and sisters are. But that was the one condition that my mom told uh, my adopted mother. Uh, God bless her soul. She uh, she passed away. This will be five years uh, passing. But, but yeah, I think um, without my adoption, I definitely wouldn't have gone places without being adopted at birth for sure. So you're adopted. Does um, your brother get adopted with you? Uh, no, Kenny still has the Kafusi last name. Okay, um, but yeah, I, I have Martinez as my last name. Okay, so then, um, and you, this is in Utah. You've always been in Utah. Yep, uh, born in Arizona, moved to Utah when I was three years old. Um, but then at that point, you know, the rest is history. Then went to school out in California and all that kind of stuff. So and then you went to Conwood High School. Yep, that's where C- we C- met. Wood, yeah. C Wood. Uh, you were a star athlete in in high school, man. And uh, that's one thing that I've always loved about you. Like you were that. I mean, some in my experience, I never. You, you look on TV like the star athletes, like the jerk. You know what I mean? <laughs> Shoving the kids on locker. Yeah, right. There's, I feel like there was always like clicks in the movies, but it, at Conwood. That's why I say that it was a very special place. I never mm-hmm. felt that. I always felt like everybody was welcome. Yeah, you, yeah. Either one of us could just walk into a crowd and be like cool with them. Yeah. Whether if it was like the cholos or like the nerdy kids, or it didn't really matter. It was just like we all kind of vibed, which is very rare mm-hmm. for a uh, time. But I feel like yeah, maybe it's our generation. But I don't know. Maybe it's just the loving aspect of like, hey man, they they're going through the same stuff I'm going through. They're coming from the same place I'm coming from. So it's like, why why not? Be friends at the end of the day. What was that? What was your your experience like being that star athlete academically, um, going through the the stuff that normal teenage go go through? Like, how was your high school experience? Well, um, so originally I was supposed to go to Murray High School, mm-hmm. but the coaching staff over there just wasn't wasn't vibing, just wasn't clicking with them. So Cecil, he and uh, the head coach for Conwood at the time, uh, pulled me 
side and was like, hey, um, I want you to come play with me. And then that's when all the other characters started to pop in, like EC and, yeah. and my brother and uh, Aussie. Uh, yeah, Aussie yeah. And yeah, it just started to become like more of like a, um, oh, I recognize you. I used to play in Little League. And then like, it's all of a sudden these star athletes started to pop in. It's like, oh, maybe I am at the right place, you know? Maybe I am at the where I'm supposed to be. So then it's like, and at that point, you know, fast forward up until like 2008, 2009, then it was like, man, we're we're competing for like state championships mm-hmm. and where we're competing in the playoffs and stuff like that. And and, and as a, a high school athlete, those are the type of things that you want yeah. to, to be competing at the highest level. And man, our high school coach definitely portrayed and conveyed that for us for sure. Was uh, was I seen a really cool post? It was you. EC, um, I think Bot was in the photo too. Oh yeah, Bot and Austin Robs and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and the, one of the, I think it was, uh, I think uh, EC posted it, and he said, "Yo, we made a promise to always have each other's back." Mm-hmm. Um, so what was that that brotherhood like? So and um, what is it like? So uh, well, not to get like any uh, eerie or anything, but we had we did have a ceremony um, at the time because Cecil Thomas knew that the group of kids that he had on his team we were like we would we would literally fight each other on the on the practice field but then become brothers in the locker room mm-hmm. and all off the field so it was like it's rare that you would fight your brother and then be friends with him off the field or stuff like that you know very very rare for you have a team like that but what we had what happened was we made a pact where beyond high school football beyond football it's the sport of the game mm-hmm. that no matter what, if your brother was in need at the drop of a hat, you you have to not have to, but you are willing to be there for him. Mm-hmm. Whether if it's like the ups and the downs, like obviously everybody's there for the ups, right? Yeah. Like you're winning. Of course, everybody's going to be there for you, but it's usually the lows when you need a friend, when you need your brother um, to always be there with you and beside you. And, and I've always had that. And I'm very grateful for that because that's something that's like, you just can't take away from, you can't you can't write the script on stuff like yeah. that, you know. So and and I feel like that's where our age group, two thousand eight, two thousand nine, where it like, it just clicked for us. Is like, man, we're not just, we're not just teammates. Like, we're brothers outside of this. Um, whether if you want to get religious, like brothers, brothers under Christ or anything like that. But it's like, man, we're all one, one heartbeat. It's like you can't beat stuff like that. Yeah. Are you sick of podcasts that just interview people with the same questions and gossiping nonsense? Are you tired of hearing about what's wrong with the world? Can you locate your nearest orphanage? Who cooked the last supper? R.I.P. Mr. Potato Head. Seppuku Harakiri. Where Where is is Mavis Mavis Beacon? This is Hoss. And this is Hoss Beefy. Listen to the Beans and Rice podcast. Exclusively in Braille and all streaming platforms. Patent pending. You guys had a lot of talent, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. A lot of talent. I feel like that, I mean, obviously, I think it started with that uh, that 04 or 05, you know, yep. like Stanley and those guys, oh, Alex sure. Kate. Um, really big athletes, man. Um, never got a state title, though, right? No, never was a state title. Got to the state championship. But never got a state title. Damn, I know it burns. It burns deep. I know, but but I mean, there was a there was a lot of highs with um with your, the next stop of your career was college. Mm-hmm. Um, you went to the University of Southern California. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, this was I mean, it's still a prestigious school. Go um, Trojans, yeah, no, go ducks, go ducks all day ducks. <laughs> um, but <laughs> so you you 
you're in high school, man. At what point do you start getting offer letters and, and colleges start saying, hey, we're interested in you? So that's and that's another thing that's really cool um, that I feel like is special because uh, kind of rewind it kind of all the way back to like eight years old. So um, I'm not sure if you heard. I'm sure you heard the name Ron McBride. Coach, yeah, Coach of course. Mack. Coach so, Mac. Um, coach Mac coached uh, Coach Pierre. Uh, was Coach yeah, Pierre at, at yeah. Conwood Wing during your time? Mm-hmm. Running back coach? Yep. yep. Okay, yeah. Um, he coached, yeah, he coached. Coach Cecil Thomas and coached a bunch of the great Utah Utes. And, but, um, so being adopted on my Kafusi side, he coached everybody, like Jason, Doug, Rick, uh, Henry. Um, those are my uncles <clears throat> on my biological side. But what happened was he set a foundation and – pretty much put his values and his attributes into Cecil, which then Cecil being our coach, put his attributes and his personality because you, as a player, you take on the personality of your coach. Yeah. And then it just like, it just went full force into us. And then it just kind of bled into us. And, um, and I feel like from that point, being that athlete, I got offered my first offer um, from uni- or University of Brigham Young. University when Bronco, Bronco Mendenhall was over there. And uh, my second offer was from Kyle Whittingham when he was at University of Utah in 2000, yeah, 2008, 2009. But what was funny was um, they made the offer letters a different date to be like, oh, no, we offered John first, if, if that makes sense. Yeah. And then, um, so my first two offers were from Utah and BYU sophomore year. My second offer was from, um, from Kansas State University. And then, it, like, once – all these colleges started coming in. Then it, then it became all of the Big Twelve. Then it became all of the ACC. Wow. Then it became most of the Big Ten and the some of the SEC. And then like the LSU's, uh, Florida when uh, Urban Meyer was over there. Yeah. Um, uh, Les Miles when LSU was at LSU. Um, Coach White Weiss at Notre Dame. Um, yeah, and then uh, Chip Chip wasn't there at Oregon yet, but. But no, it was a uh, man. It was a great time to just be a college athlete at that point. But I do give props to Stanley Havili because he was the one that brought in all those coaches. Mm-hmm. And then it once from then on, it was like the stars must have aligned because I was I became the third All American that came out of Conwood. Wow! And then then it was like, dang, I'm getting a lot of exposure for the not only the state of Utah, yeah, but the city of Salt Lake City and the the high school of Conwood. So at the time, it was. It was uh, Stanley was an All American, see me, yep. and then you, yep, yeah, wow. and you were offensive line, and I was offensive line, yeah, okay, and Stanley was uh, fullback, running back, and see me was a big, big, yeah. old, big defensive lineman. You um, know, see me was my first enemy and friend oh, at Conwood. <laughs> yeah, so when I when I uh, sidebar uh, when I first moved uh, back to Utah, I went to Conwood. It was 05, sophomore year. Uh, halfway through my hot sophomore year, and see me just being the big goofball he is. Yep. Tease me, tease me. Oh, okay. Just being a goofball, you oh, know okay. what I mean. But he's teasing me, right? Uh-huh. And uh, at the time, uh, I don't know if you remember Toa. Toa was Stanley's year. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, those guys they used to they used to tease me. Not necessarily Stanley, but uh, see me big mm-hmm. time. And uh, finally, I was just like, man, I don't got no friends. I don't know anybody. I'm not going to let this dude pick on me no more. He might kill me, but he's not picking on put me no more. Foot down, yeah, yeah, I put my foot down. I was like, what's up, man? We're going to fight or what? And then right there, he's like, man, I'm just kidding with you, man. And we just became best friends then yeah. on. Um, and then it just made it 10 times better that he was going to yeah. Oregon. So, yeah. Uh, Heck yeah. So, so 
all American, man. You're starting to get these these offer letters. Did you have any dreams or hopes? Like, did your mom and dad ever be like, hey, college is a real thing. We want you to go to college. Do you have any interest in college? Yeah. So, the, well, they um, my adopted side, they, they were um, alumni to the University of Utah. Okay. So, of course, being Utah Utes fan growing up, they wanted to be like, hey, stay home, you know, uh, be close to home and be close to family. But one thing that also, other than Stanley Avili, had his his influence to go to USC. But um, one of the biggest things that I thought in my mind at the time, which was, I guess, not as common for a high school kid, but it's like, man, a lot of these people are sleeping on Utah athletes. So what my thought was is like, well, if we keep sending kids from Utah to go out of state, then it's like, well, dang, there's a bunch of kids coming out of, from Utah out of state. Like, there must be talent in Utah. Like, there must be, like, kids that are, like, um, top star re- recruits. Like, maybe not five-star, but, like, four-star, three-star recruits. And then I feel like that's when the ball and the wheel started turning for a lot of coaches. Is like, man, if we want a big guy that's fast and athletic, we have to look at all these Polynesian kids coming out of Utah. So that's that's one of the reasons why I chose USC is because I wanted to put Utah on the map. Mm. Because, man, I took pride when someone was, like, when I went to a USC and they're like, Hey man, where you from? Not like, not like, hey, not like where yeah, you, yeah, not yeah. like that. Like, where, where you from, man? It's like Murray, Utah. It's like, Murray, Utah. Like, where is that? Like, yeah. what the heck? He's like, heck yeah, I'm from Utah. And so I took pride into like telling people, like, yeah, I'm from Utah, man. So then when, at that point, um, it was a pride thing, but also my parents, like I said, they college was a thing, but um, just being an athlete was just very, very fortunate because like as soon as I found out that I could get college paid for like a full ride scholarship, then that's when like the wheels started turning. That's when like, Oh, I I could like relieve stress from my family to like not have to pull money out of their pocket to be like, Hey, I want my kid to go here. Yeah. So that's, that's when it started to click for me. I think that, uh, that that's at a time too, when you're so in, like you get influenced by a lot as a kid, right? Mm. There's a lot of stress and stuff because yeah, now there's a lot of variables. Yeah. How sure. do you how do you stay the straight and narrow? How don't you follow the path of? I mean, as bad as it sounds, there was drugs in our high school. There was guns these type and- guns, these type of influences. We've seen these things. Um, how do you stay away from that and follow the path of like, no, I'm gonna go this education route. Um. So this might be. Little corny, but um, so Kenny, <clears throat> being the older brother and the protector, he literally told me like, "Hey, if I ever catch you smoking or drinking, I'm gonna knock you out." Mm-hmm. But he didn't say knock you, knock you the f out. Yeah. So I that's, always, that, Kenny will knock you yeah, the yeah. f out. That's <laughs> one one guy. hit. Yeah. So like, <laughs> just imagining like uh, my older brother over my shoulder every time like there's like a, oh there's a beer. Yeah. Like something like there. Like then it's like I just know there's gonna be a fist coming at me. So knowing that. And just having that in my mind, like, I, if I want to play football, if I want to go to college, I can't be doing that kind of stuff. Not only that, because I don't want to get knocked out. <laughs> but, then, but, yeah, that's just, like, something that was lingering in my mind and over my head was just, like, I don't want to let my family down. I don't want to let my brother down to let him know that I'm just, you know, doing the wrong things. And then I don't want to let um, my friends down. Because mm-hmm. then it's, like, well, if John's not doing it, then, like, I don't have to do it then. Mm-hmm. Like, if... But if John's doing it, then it's like, well, then I can I can probably do it too then. Ruff, ruff, time out, time out. 
Hey everybody, my name is Daniel. I'm the admin of the Jazz Nation social media pages, and of course a lifelong Utah Jazz fan. And now I'm also the host of the Jazz Nation podcast. And I'm Will Wonder, lifelong Orlando Magic fan. Whoa, whoa, hey, relax, relax. And co-host of the Jazz Nation podcast. Each week, check in with us to hear all things Utah Jazz related. Scores, predictions, player movement, and everything in between. We will also have some really fun interviews with current and former Jazz employees and players. Once again, that's the Jazz Nation podcast. Find us wherever you stream podcasts. Bye-bye. So you knew that you were influential even at that early age? Yeah, well, yeah, I could just tell just because, like, I could just tell. Like, you know, well, it first started when, like, working out mm-hmm. extra, doing, like, extra credit workouts, like, staying, like, do our do our main workouts and then staying an hour after. And then, like, a little bit by little bit, like, guys wanted to be a part of the extra hour workout that I was doing. And, like, after practice is over, I'd stay an hour after practice and just kind of um, do – I would so what I would do, I would do push-ups every 10 yards, and I would go back sit-ups every 10 yards and just kind of go back and forth, just, like, extra extra credit stuff. But then it got to the point where, like, half the team was doing it with me. Wow. And then EC's dad, Huey, yeah. he, um, he would also implement, like, a bunch of – speed work after that so it's like even though the work's done there's still more work to do and that's when i feel like it's like man like if i can do this i know my, my friends will be with me so it's like we're all we're all doing this together and then we're all trying to be better and like um what's that quote it's like all ships rise with the rising tide yeah where it's like if everybody's going then it's like oh i can go with you too so that's where i feel like at a young age like yeah, it, that's when it happened. Not not knowing it, but like just kind of realizing it around, like, oh, my friends are all with me. Like, oh, this is a, this is the spot we need to be in. So that's did, where it clicked. Did you ever get depressed or deal with anxiety during that time? Um, <laughs> now, obviously, we I know you deal with it now. I yeah. know we all deal with our yeah, mental yeah. health now. But like during that time, did you ever like be like, oh, I am feeling this way? Mm-hmm. Um. <sighs> I hate to I hate to say it, but it was because of the girlfriend I had. Mm-hmm. Um, that was when like was that that softball player? Oh no no uh, no! Uh, it was a, she was a swimmer. Oh okay. Yeah yeah, but no, uh, and then she ended up going into the Marines. But um, I won't speak of her name. But then uh, yeah, don't say that. <laughs> uh, the Great White Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but no. So what happened was like it, that was when like high school love, puppy love, and like like oh you're going to practice instead of like kicking it with me, and it's like well. Well, I want to do this. Like, I, I can't spend time with you and and you at the same. Or the love of football and the love of this, I, I can't do that at the same time. It's like, I have to. There's only so many hours within a day, mm-hmm. and it's like I I, can't, I I try my best to like balance it both, but sometimes it like outweighs the other, and there's a lot of ebbs and flows. And it's like as a high school kid, it's like, um, you know, emotions and and trying to uh, realize those emotions are real and trying to like figure it all out for yourself and like. Obviously, talking to your older brother helps, but, like, there's only so much that he can help me with because mm-hmm. it's, like, because, you know, your older brother's always going to be like, oh, then leave that girl, man. Just leave her, man. Yeah. But then it's like, oh, man, I love her, man. Yeah. So it's, like, so it's, like, a lot of stuff like that that was going on with my head, but that was make, me personally what was going on. So, um, yes, anxiety, but it was more so of, like, trying to show out, but, like, not, like, but, like, in, in a way that's, like, uh, I'm going to make her proud or so i don't know something like that but also make my family proud so there's a lot of stuff that was just going on that way that was, that was like making my emotions and anxiety going up for sure 
Was there ever a point where you're like, am I doing this for myself? Uh, no. No, I couldn't say. I couldn't say it was like. A, I guess. Well, the only time that I I wanted to choose something for myself was signing the dotted line to go to USC. Um, because like, let's back up just a minute. Yeah. Because before you sign the dotted line, you have to make the choice to go to SC. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You. I remember we had the news and everything. Mm-hmm. You're you're on the news, man. Yeah. Put the hat on you. <laughs> so this is the this is the picture I want to set for people. If you haven't seen when uh, these high school athletes, um, top recruits, they 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 set a whole press conference and they have the hats lined up, and you get to choose your top choices, right? Mm-hmm. What were your top choices? So at the time, I had USC, UCLA, and LSU. But remember, all these other schools have made you offers. You narrowed it down to these schools. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it was mainly because, well, UCLA, because I felt like it was just like one of those schools that like, you know, at the time, at the time, you know, now I'm a Bruin hater. But, yeah. <laughs> but at the time, it was just like, man, UCLA is like one of those like prestigious like schools that you like you would think about like in Hollywood and like actors and all that kind of stuff. And then um, LSU. So at the time, they just barely got done winning the national championship. Um, with Les Miles and Les Miles is a great coach, and also Cecil Thomas also lives in Louisiana, mm-hmm. so Cecil also had some influence on that. Um, just because he had had family out there, I could be a family. He's always wearing an LSU shirt. Yep, always go go Tigers, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, then USC obviously had Stanley over there, but then Pete Carroll, and I think the tipping of the the seesaw for me, what happened was. Can I also pinch, p- yeah. paint the picture of? You have teammates that are getting recruited as well. Yes. So you have brothers. Kenny's getting recruited. Yep. EC's getting recruited. Yep. And both, both went to Cal Berkeley. Yep. Both of them went to Cal. You had an opportunity to go to Cal too, right? With these guys. Yeah. Like we would have almost had like man, Cal would have been blessed, but we would have almost had like a three for one deal if all three of us would have went. Um, and, and Cal, yeah. their program. This is coming off of a uh, beast. Beast mode was just exiting. Javid Best. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Like, they have a cool established university. They have a cool program. Yep. So I just want to paint that picture as well. So. For sure. No, yeah. And then, um, yeah, where was it going with this? Uh, but no, then, um, the, oh, yeah, the tipping of why also I wanted to go to USC was because P. Carroll, his son, Brendan Carroll, was the tight end coach. And then Pat Rule was the offensive line coach. They both, or no, all three of them came to my house, had dinner with my family, and Pete Carroll literally looked at my mom in the eyes and said, hey, I'm going to take care of John for the next five years. And he already knew I was going to redshirt, and then the rest four years I was going to be at USC. So, like, having that, that person be in my house and, like, having dinner with my family and, like, just telling my mom straight up, like, hey, I'm going to take care of your son. Just trust me. But then, obviously, life happens. And then he ends up going to the Seahawks in 2010. Mm -hmm. So... But yeah, it was just it was just the fact of like the genuineness of what Pete Carroll could like actually do for somebody like a kid. Like I, I saw that, and I saw that going into my mom's eyes. Like, hey, this is this is real. And like at that point, that's when I I felt like it was it was kind of a no brainer at that point. Did did mom make dinner that night? Mom made dinner that night. What'd you guys have? Dude, was, what did mom feed uh, the crew? So we had the what was pretty much like lasagna, lasagna okay. spaghetti, um, something basic. Yeah, something. Uh, but it was from scratch from her. So um, garlic bread, cheese bread. Um, yeah, that was like kind of like a, a specialty that she, she made. Uh, my dad was also a, a big person in the kitchen, too. So both of them helped out. 
I used to always see your dad at school. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Man. Always, I'm about to yeah. run into him. I'm like, yeah. yo, what, what are you doing here? <laughs> Dude, you can't miss that white hair. Yeah, <laughs> and it was always the mustache for All, me. Yeah. Yep, the white mustache. Yeah, yeah, the mustache. Um, so so Pete, he he makes the promise to moms. Mm. Obviously, Pete gets an opportunity to go to the NFL. Yep. Um, these things kind of happen. Um, what's your thoughts, man? Because this dude promised your mother, you, your family. He's leaving now. Are you having doubts? Are you having second thoughts about being with this program? No. So what? So that's another thing that's that's super cool that you brought up was um they gave us the option to leave. Like mm-hmm. if like hey if you want to go to other universities because of like the sanctions and all the NCAA violations from the Reggie Bush scandal. Because this happened in was that oh seven oh eight that yeah, the yeah, that happened yeah with Reggie Bush that happened and then there what do you call it the uh, the consequences happened when I got there so even if you guys won a national championship you wouldn't win a national championship yeah yeah or like we wouldn't even be able to be bowl eligible yeah so, oh that's what it is yeah yeah so like we wouldn't even be able to have the chance to go to a Rose Bowl we would just have an early Christmas break for how many years was this uh, um, in place two years. So halfway through your career, you don't even know if you're going your full four years. Yeah. You don't even know. Like something could happen where you have a, a great year and mm-hmm. NFL's like, yo, come to the draft. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? These things could happen. Or injury or something. Yeah. Life, yeah, life happens. But you choose to stay. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was because of the teammates and also because like I also put a I remember I put a Facebook post out about this, but it's like no, it's like I want I came here to be a Trojan, so I'm gonna leave here being a Trojan. Mm-hmm. Um, regardless of the coaches, because players are the ones who eventually make the team. Mm-hmm. Coaches can come and go. Yeah. Um, the players are the ones that are the ones that like make the team the team, for sure. Were you were you scared to go to to California to move to leave your mom's your dad? It it's a little bit, but a part of me was like super excited. Mm-hmm. A little bit like it was. I, was, I think it's hard. It's tough to say, but I think I was more so on the. T- uh, the lines of like, man, I'm about to go on my own. This is this is all me, all by myself. But then, like a tiny bit was like, but there's no, there's no family. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no um like, my dad was really good about like waking me up at like seven o'clock in the morning so I can go work out and or six a.m. and stuff like that. So like, I'm not gonna lie. The first time I woke up in the dorm room, there's just like I woke up by myself and I was like, Damn, there really is nobody here but me. So that was like when I had to like figure it out and like routine and figure out like things that I had to do on my own and it was like it was kind of it was kind of tough because like I, I graduated as a young um, young senior so I was seventeen going into going into uh, college and being a seventeen year old hanging out with all these like twenty three twenty four year olds from all over the country all over the country too. different it's cultures like, different yeah. ways of doing things yep. The ethnicities, all that kind of stuff. So it's like, like real. I'm really on my own, but I I had to figure out like the guys that I wanted to hang out with and stuff like that too. So that definitely made an impact. So you're you're in college. You get the dorm room. Do you do you guys have like your own offensive dorm, or how does that work? Um, so it was all based on freshmen. Uh, doesn't matter what position. So it was like four people to a, a dorm room, one bathroom, and one huge living room. So my my first roommate, um, his name was Simeone Vekite. Uh, he ended up passing away. Um, you know, rest his soul. But then it was uh, Kevin Green and Jarvis Jones. And Jarvis Jones actually uh, hurt his neck, but then to get cleared by USC doctors, 
So he transferred to the University of Georgia, where he's from in Georgia. Ends up going to the Steelers. Wow. But that was that was one of my roommates. And um, Kevin Green ended up going to the 49ers from Oakland, California. Um, and then Simi's from Hawaii. Uh, or from, from Tonga. Came from the islands, went to Hawaii, and then went to USC. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Those are my roommates back in the My first roommates back in the day. Was there any uh, freshman hazing? Did you ever get hazed? Oh, yeah. Well, it was, it was more so of like a... <laughs> yeah, I'll tell a couple of stories. So, like, uh, don't get nobody in trouble. Now. Oh no, 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 no. This, no, these are all like these are like really cool, or not really cool, but just good, good hazing things. Like, yeah. no, no one got like wedgies or okay. stuff like that. But it was more so of like, uh, so the first one, the offensive line hazing. Um, they made they made me uh put a, a dip like tobacco, oh, okay, tobacco yeah. dips. Like, all right, freshman lips. Like everybody got all 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 the freshmen got to take a dip. Now, was it the packed one or was no, it loose? The long cut, long oh. cut. Yeah, it was the Copenhagen long cut. I, I remember that. So I put mine because um, I'm not going to lie. I did uh, playing baseball. Yeah. I did the pouches. Yeah. So it wasn't like out outrageous. So like I did it and everybody was like, okay, John's got it. John's got it. And then my buddy Kevin, Kevin Graff, he was like. <laughs> no, was like Dude, yeah, he was like, I don't want to do it. I was like, Dude, just do it, man. Just do it. I promise you'll be fine. And then he did it. Kept it in for like maybe like 30 seconds. And all of a sudden, projectile vomits. And we're like, oh, dang. We were like, oh, Kevin's out. Kevin's out. <laughs> dang. And then um, another uh, freshman hazing thing that was pretty funny was um, they made all the freshmen uh, have to k- take care of the ball. So that, that was one of the rules. It was uh, protect the team at all times. No whining, no bitching, no complaining. And protect the ball. Mm. And that was one thing that Pete Carroll told the freshmen. was like, hey, there's the ball. Freshman ball. If any one of these upperclassmen takes the ball, you have punishment after practice. Ooh. So, and it's like not only on practice, but on in like in life. So like the seniors could go in your dorm room, take the ball. And then if you show up to meeting without the ball, then it's like freshman punishment. So like you could literally be walking to class, have the ball, and be like, like take the ball. Oh yeah, no, like for real, like just come out of nowhere, like um, yeah, you yeah you could be in the bathroom with the ball and just be like, oh swipe, and then just gone with it. It was just it was just crazy, just because like at that point it was like the freshman tried to hide the ball, mimic the ball, like oh yeah, this is the ball, and really not be the one. And then like yeah, it was really tough trying to get the rookie ball into the mini room. No. Leaving high school, what star were you? What um, were you recru- recruited at? So I was I was a four star recruit. I was the second um, top recruit out of Utah. Xavier Suofilo was the first one, and I was the number one center out of in the country at that time. So before going to college, you obviously played the All American Bowl, didn't you? Yeah. So I had a chance to go to either the the Army All American Bowl in San Antonio, Texas, or go to the Orlando, Florida uh, All American Bowl. In, or yeah, in Florida. So which one did you choose? I chose the Under Armour All American one just because I don't know. I just heard not cool things about it. It's like yeah, the Army All American one's cool, but like this one's brand new. Yeah, I was gonna say, see me went to the Army one. Yep, yep. And then, and the thing that I thought was cool with the Army one, they would come to your high school, they would do like a big old press conference and give you the jersey and all that kind of stuff. But what I like, excuse me, what I liked about the Under Armour All American one. Was that it was brand new? It was in Florida. Never been to Florida, but all besides uh, Fort Lauderdale when I went to to the Gators um, for a camp. But then um, Cecil Thomas also got the offensive line job to to coach the offensive line. For oh, the, did he? Yeah. So he was oh, our, wow. he was our 
offensive line coach for the All American Bowl. That's huge. Yeah, I didn't know he was the coach. That's yeah. dope. <laughs> yeah, so like Coach Cecil uh, always scared me. Dude, dude, you can hear his voice from a mile yeah. away. That's how. Yeah, that's that's how. <laughs> Grizzly this dude was man I uh Real quick side story When I was like Trying to meet friends And whatever This is 05 So Reco was, You know Reco right Yeah So Reco was there And uh I'm, I'm trying to meet friends And uh Reco's like man Come come to practice Come, come try out yeah. <laughs> And so I'm like Alright he's setting me up Right He's setting me up There's no way I'm gonna make the football team But fuck it I'm trying to meet friends yeah. So I end up going We work out right We do the uh, The weight lift And we weight lift And everything like that We're doing the one leg leaps And, and things like that oh, In the, yep. in the gym that, yep. um, And then we We're like okay, And then uh, they're like Alright let's go to the gym So we go to the basketball court And uh, once we're in the gym We start to You know We, we get in our position Record and those guys They're see me They're all D-line yeah, Right yeah. So I'm going with them Because they're the only guys That have been talking to me So we go And we get on the line And I think it was Coach Jones It might be Coach Jones Or it was, it was Tom C- Jones Yeah, yeah it's yeah. Coach Jones and uh, he's like, all right, get on the line. So we get on the baseline, and uh, we all get in our stances. I didn't know how to stand. I get in my stances. So um, I forget what – it was the big white boy. I forget what his name was. It was He was one of the stars. I forget his name. But anyway, he he showed me kind of the stance. And so uh, Coach Jones hikes the ball. And as soon as I get up, the guys are already, you know, 20 yards in front of me. I was like, yeah, this ain't for me. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm gonna go DJ. I'm gonna go become a radio personality. <laughs> that's when that's when we, uh, Coach Pierre Jones, the running back coach. That's when he was like, "Yo, how about you try to flyer and do these other events for me and so whatnot." But um, during <laughs> during that time when you're in the All American Bowl, man, uh, what what was that experience like, man? There's all kids from all over the country. Some of them competition. I'm assuming that some of them went to mm. SC. Mm. How was that experience? Hey, yo, you're probably listening to the Unrestricted Podcast with Dre Rocca. We are? No, they are. Yeah, oh, right, right, right. Oh, wow. I'm the real Ruby. You can catch me and Fonzie and the... Freaking defunct. Sweet Daddy Funk <laughs> on uh, Lake Talk One Podcast. Yeah, but I, I think you have to come in more smoother, more funnier. Uh. Like, yeah, yeah, they could catch us on the Lake Talk One Podcast. Yeah, y'all can catch us on Lake Talk One. Yeah, and we'll be like, and yeah, man, hey... They could catch people like me, the real Ruby, and people like you, Fonzie, and people like him, G Daddy Funk, wow, that's on the Lake Talk 801. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> what did he say? Huh? I didn't hear it. I don't know, Why? but this probably should be the ad. Is this. Are these on? I don't know. Catch a new episode every Monday on all streaming platforms. The Lake Talk 801. Tune in now. Tune in now. Tune in now. So you had, well, just to name off a couple of names, um, Alshon Jeffrey. Mm. He was at the well. He ended up going to um, South Carolina, but he was committed usually or originally at USC, but then went to South Carolina because he's from South Carolina. So Alshon Jeffrey was there, played for the Bears. Um, uh, my other roommate Frankie Telford, and then Kevin Kevin Graff was also a USC guy. Then Matt Barkley. Oh yeah. Um, he's he's at currently at the Bills right now. Um, let's see. Oh, Manti Teo. Yeah. He was also there. Um, went to Bama. Yeah, or no, he went to Notre Dame. Oh, did oh yeah, yeah Notre Dame, middle bad. linebacker, Notre Dame, and then um, let's see who else was there. Uh, I mean, yeah, there's a bunch of guys, just a bunch of guys, a bunch of names. And um, what was also funny about that too is um, the under All American Bowl was before the uh, letter of intent day. So this is kind of a, a background story. I haven't really told anybody, but uh, my family. So they gave me a position, um, like a spot on TV. That I would do the hat thing, oh. but 
the, one of the guys is like, hey, John, we booked out a spot for you, so on, you're going to be on TV. Um, like, who you can you can tell me your top three, and then like, who's who's the one that you want to pick? And I'm like, I I don't know, I don't know where I want to go. And he's like, well, you got to choose because like we booked out this time for you. <laughs> oh, so so I had to national choose, TV, national TV. <laughs> so I had to choose on the spot that day or that week to figure out like if I wanted to go to UCLA, USC, or LSU. And and at that point, I was like, I was by myself. I remember this. I was by myself in the hotel. This is like um, it was part of the Disney uh, resorts because they they let stay in the uh, hotel rooms of the Disney resorts out there in Florida. Um, but I was like walking back and forth in this room, uh, one of the like the conference rooms. I was like literally just pacing back and forth, looking at the ceiling. Like, dang, I don't really know if I want to go to USC or UCLA. Like LSU sounds cool, but it's kind of far. You know, I was thinking of all those thoughts, and then, and then I literally called my mom and my dad, and it was it was at that point they were like, "Hey, like whatever you choose, like we're we're with you." Like, and that like, oh man, I was about to tear up. Uh, no, that like that just let me know like my family, my no matter where I went, my family was all in with me. Yeah, and and at that point I was like, man, like I just remembered the the time that um, Pete Carroll sat at the table. And then that's when it like it's like hey I want to be with that guy. I want to be with uh, Pete Carroll yeah so then that's why I chose USC and um my uh, yeah fast forward into the game uh, halftime um I ended up doing the hat thing but I had my little brother Nick choose the hat so I was like all right go ahead and choose he tossed out the US UCLA one tossed off the LSU one gave me the USC hat, put the USC hat, and then the, the high school band in the crowd was playing the fight on song. Wow. Yeah, so, yeah, that, that became real at that moment. Like, man, this, I'm I'm all in now. <laughs> I got the hat on and everything. I'm all in Was now. Coach Cecil by you during that time? Uh, No, he was on the field. Okay. Uh, yeah, Did he, he see it, though? Yeah, he saw it. Yeah, yeah. Was he like, no! Oh, yeah. No, he was. This. <laughs> no, he, no I, remember, uh, I remember this, too, because I came up to him. He's like, he's like, hey, congratulations, bro. But, <laughs> You know you done fucked up right <laughs> You just went like from here to here Yeah <laughs> Get on the line <laughs> No I do remember that too He, Yeah he did come up to me and congratulate me But he was He did feel a little bit type of way Just cause I didn't choose LSU From, from being from Louisiana for sure Man that what a, what a uh, An incredible Like way to go through this whirlwind Of um, going from, you know, star athlete in high school to to the, uh, a prestigious uh, opportunity as as the All American game. Not everybody gets that. For sure. Not even like guys that are winning Super Bowls had that opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Now, obviously, it was Super Bowls, a Super Bowl. Yeah. Um. So you get that, man. You're in you're in college. What was that experience like when you you actually get the suit up for your first game at, at USC? At SC? So. Because you redshirt your first your first year, right? Mm-hmm. Which means you're just kind of hanging out. You're learning the, yep. the program. Practice, but don't play. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You're so, helping these other guys try to get to where they're going next. Scout team, yep. yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'll never forget this. So the first time I suited up was when we went to Ohio State. Excuse me. But we, we uh, went to go to the, the horseshoe. And, man, that was literally – I didn't plan it, but till this day, other than uh, – Otsman or Oregon Stadium. Oh, uh, Otsen Stadium. O- Otsen Stadium. Yep. So, other than Oregon, greatest stadium in the world. Yeah, <laughs> debatable. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, no, other than Oregon Stadium, dude. Ohio State's horseshoe 
was literally the loudest place I've ever been in. Um, like 100 plus. So they, they sold out. It was 101,000 people there. Oh, my goodness. And at least 2,000 of them were the USC fans. Oh, they, man. They just tucked away in the top corner. So, like, and, and obviously the USC band. But other than that, it was, like, all red and white. And I remember this because it was uh, Stephon Johnson, um, the running back. Taylor Mays was at safety. Matt Barkley, freshman, 18-year-old quarterback, playing in that situation. Um, yeah, and you had a, a bunch of other, uh, obviously a bunch of other people there, but uh, Stanley. But um, it came down to the wire where I think we won, like, 21 to 17. But obviously you can tell being that close of a game, there's so much noise. And I remember trying to, like, because I had the clipboard at the time, so I had to take notes of, like, all the plays that were, the, uh, that were being played. Um, and I remember the offensive line coach was like, it's, uh, uh, like, one of the plays was, like, a 24 dive, left edge, right corner, X, Y out. And it was like, I was like, what? <laughs> what? Like, what? What are you saying? What are you saying? I can't. So, like, dude, I just remember that at that moment. It was just like, oh, man, I can't hear for nothing in this stadium. So, like, I had to literally, like, be up close next to his face to hear anything. And yeah, and uh, we ended up winning that game, and which was like going from the loudest stadium to the most quiet, wow. and just hearing that little tiny piece of USC fans in the corner. Damn, that was like the most outrageous, amazing game I've ever been a part of for sure. For sure. So, so that's the that was a that was a, a time when you're actually taking notes. Mm-hmm. What was your first game played as a Trojan? Um, first first game ever got in was uh, Minnesota, the Golden Gophers. At Minnesota, um, man, super cold game. I remember that too. But um, so I was a. Uh, at this point, I was a red shirt sophomore, red shirt sophomore. So, so this is a uh, 11, 2011? 2010. 10? Yeah, two thousand ten. Yeah, two thousand ten. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, so I got in like the last three plays of the game, but we were already up, and I think it was like maybe five minutes left of the fourth quarter. They're like, hey, John. So go in. And I was like, oh heck yeah, let's go. And I remember I got my first decleater too. Cause it was a it was an outside zone to the left. And I had the backside cut somebody. And I, I chopped him. You know, guy ended up falling down, got a decleater. And I remember jumping up like super hype. But the play was still going. Oh. And I was like, Yes. Oh, oh shoot. I was like, oh shoot. <laughs> Dude, yeah. I um, I'll never forget that game. Yeah. And then um uh went the next game that I played in, like the kind of same thing. Was versus Cal mm-hmm. um, when Kenny and EC were over there, but Kenny was uh he wasn't suited up; he just had his jersey on. But um, that was, was like, Kenny was DN, wasn't he? Uh, uh, three D tackle and DN. Okay, yeah, yeah. So he he played both. So he you did you ever play against your brother? Did you ever? Um, we did once, so uh, a couple of times actually. So it was um this would have been 2011 uh, at this point, and Richard Richard Junior. Junior or yeah, Richard Junior. So then um. And I'm playing right guard, um, and Kenny's playing right D end. So like I'm, I'm in my stance. I'm, I'm not. I don't have my uh, hands in the dirt, but I ha- I'm in my stance looking at him. And he looks dead at me like too. Was like, like what's up? <laughs> well, what's up there? <laughs> and then um, my my right tackle Kevin Graff, the one that yeah, <laughs> he was my right tackle. And then he looked at me. He looked at uh, the D end. He's like. Do you know this guy? <laughs> this is happening right before the snap. Wow. Yeah, this is all happening. He's like, you know this guy's like, that's my brother. He's like, 
Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. Dude. Yeah, and then that point, then the ball snapped. And I just remember, like, you know, making sure the nose guard doesn't get to the, to the quarterback. But I'm, like, setting back, setting back. And then gets uh, Kenny gets past the right tackle. So I had to kind of backside help. But Kenny just lets the biggest, like, push into my chest. I just remember this is, like, just takes high school football back, like, yeah. to a whole different level. Because now we're in college. Mm-hmm. And now we're getting, like, like feel, this is on film. This is, like, this is our resume. So I'm, like, I'm not trying to lose to my brother. Yeah. So it's, like, I don't want to lose. So then, like, at that point, it's just, like, man, play after play after play. It's just, like, man, yeah, you just can't, ex- man, you just can't experience that anything anywhere else. It was just super special. But On that yeah. moment, on that field, man, you guys ended up winning, obviously. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Probably about like forty. Yeah, I think it was like thirty-one, thirteen at that. Yeah, I remember. I remember a couple of those games. Yeah, it was. It was at the San Francisco Giants Stadium, uh, baseball stadium, because mm. Cal Berkeley's field was getting renovated. So we played in the uh, the uh, the outfield of the AT and T Stadium, which was cool because the, the locker rooms were huge. Yeah, I remember. I remember all that. Um, I mean, this is this is dumb. Thing, but like in in the showers, they had like little razors that people could shave. I remember shaving. Oh, wow! I remember like, like oh, dang, this is nice. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, this is cool. <laughs> Did but, you? I remember. I remember uh, a photo of the the Polynesians mm-hmm. within um, the team. Yeah. What was there like a special group that was a, what? What was that about? Um. Well, or was it like a heritage type of thing? So I mean. Well, like I said before, Polynesians, Polynesians love to stick together. Yeah. Um, and there was very few. We're like the last of the Mohicans over at the <laughs> USC. So there's like probably like five of us. But other teams like Cal and obviously Utah and, uh, so, and UCLA, they had like probably like 10, mm-hmm. 10, 10s of like 12, you know, Polynesian guys in the team. And we only had like maybe five or six. Wow. And then, um, and then once they gave us the, uh, the sanctions to like leave – it ended up being like three or four. Wow. And and Stanley and me were one of them. Um, but, yeah, I also got a lot of flack. It's like, your last name is Martinez, man. You're Polynesian. And then I had to, like, give them the whole spiel. Yeah. But, but yeah, there's, like, maybe three or four of us. Do you remember um, any specific games or any specific times that your your parents came and watched you play? Um. Oh, yeah. So, like, um, well, I'll never forget this, so. Um, the team gives X amount of tickets to like every game. Mm-hmm. You get um, you get more for home games. You get less for away games. And what the upperclassmen would do is if if there's someone from Florida, or from someone from out of the state that doesn't have anybody coming, will ask for their tickets. And um, I ended up getting fifty tickets for the USC versus Utah game at Rice Rice Eccles Stadium. Wow. And that was that was when I was um, a senior, and that was that was the last time I played Utah. At, oh no, sorry, this is um, 2012. So this is uh, my redshirt junior year, when Robert Robert Woods and Marquise Lee and everybody was there. Um, but yeah, that was that was the time when I had like 50 tickets. Whole family, pretty much, I had whole family section for me <laughs> in the crowd. Um, but I'll never forget that moment because uh, I literally remember looking up. In the stands, and I saw like that whole section, and and we we're at that at that part of the game, we we're like winning at the time, so it was just like it was just really cool to like see 
this is that this is bad to say, but all the Utah fans like quiet. Yeah. And then seeing my my family just like standing up and like cheering for me, and I could like look in the crowd and just see them. That was like one of the biggest. And my mom was there, and dad, and cousins, and friends, and um, uh, childhood friends, and everybody was there that was able to make it. So that was like one of the most like really really cool moments. Just like kind of like um, when you put all that hard work in. And then, like, just to see it, like, oh, I can, like, bring my family here. Yeah. Like, I can bring my family with me to stuff like this. Like, that was, like, a really good moment, for sure. Fulfilling. It sounds fulfilling. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it's kind of like the, what do you call it, the fruits, the fruits of your labor. Yeah. That was when I started to see all the fruits coming together. Like, dang, like, because if you, if you go somewhere and you can't bring your family with you, then it's, like, it's kind of, like, well, for me, anyways, it's, like, kind of meaningless. Yeah. Um. Because uh, was um, the beast uh, Marshawn Lynch said it best: "Is uh, if you want to go fast, go alone. Mm. And if you want to go far, go together." Yeah. And all that meant was just like family first. And if, if you could take your family with you, then like at the end of the day, that's like, dude, that's what it's all about. So that's that was like one of the biggest moments was just like seeing my family up in the stands for sure. That's that, amazing. That game, yeah. Did you uh, did you guys ever play a bowl game? Oh, uh, so like. No, so that was another thing. So 2011, 2011 season, um, we beat we beat everybody out. Lost to Stanford, lost to Andrew Luck, mm-hmm. um, but we were projected to go to the Rose Bowl. But since we weren't bowl eligible, because um, you guys won the Pac-12 South, right? Yeah, yeah, we won the Pac-12 South, and then we weren't able to go to the Pac-12 Championship, which I think it was like. I want to say Oregon and UCLA had and UCLA had to beat Oregon twice, yep, or something like that, and we weren't able to be a part of that. So, and I think Oregon went to the Rose Bowl that game or that that year against Ohio State, I believe. Yep, we lost. And Knesset never let me live it down. <laughs> Freaking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that yeah that was like one of the things where it's like, man, like we put all like I felt bad for the seniors because it was like we literally could have went to the Rose Bowl and. Got a ring, potentially got a ring. Yeah, but it was something that we weren't even a part of. That was the consequences, and like, yeah, I could just see it on the seniors' faces. Like, man, like they just didn't want to leave because they wanted to see the fruits. They wanted to see like yeah. all the progression, like the, all the work they put in. And it was like they couldn't. Yeah, obviously their 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 clock was uh, their time, clock was timed up. And USC, did you guys ever have alumni come in and mentor you guys? Um, like a previous, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, maybe like a Troy Palomalu or anything like that come by. Well, yeah, oh yeah, we had like a bunch. So, um, well, just kind of ran off some names like Anthony Munoz, uh, one of the All American offensive linemen there. Um, one of the first Hispanic players that was like All American, I want to say. Um, Troy Palomalu did come by. Junior Seau came by before. Rest in peace, the legend. Yeah, rest in peace, Junior Seau. But he came by, Keyshawn Johnson, Steve Smith, um, and a bunch of other characters. Yeah, uh, Lindell White. Um, like there was guys that came by and tried to like you know shed light on the the younger younger guys to like hey hey, hey this is what I did. Like maybe you should, maybe you should probably do this. Like to kind of like give some pointers. Yeah. Um, but it was never like in the sense of like to step on anybody's toes like coaching wise. But they did, they did come to like our meeting rooms, and they would be in like the, the film sessions and like stuff like that, and give pointers and stuff like that. But um, but 
Very, very, very few mm. throughout throughout the years, for sure. Did you ever, at a point, you know, you're exiting college, um, was there a point where NFL was uh, an option? For sure. So, um, I'll say this, that uh, I didn't, preparation is, is super key. So, and one once one sec. I want to backtrack a little bit in your in your college career. Did you ever sustain an injury? Now, obviously, you get injured, right? Little bumps and bruises, yeah, yeah. but anything that put you out for a minute? No, I was man. I was blessed to like not have like surgeries, no tears, no nothing. So like the only things that were hurt, like obviously for alignment, is like your hands, mm-hmm. and then your uh, your ankles and knees. So like I was very blessed to like only have like ankle sprains and like. Messed up fingers. Mom's spaghetti. It's my spaghetti. <laughs> Mom's spaghetti kept you right. Man. Um, but yeah, no, no, no serious injuries. That's super, super cool. Okay. So then then you had uh then now you're 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 looking at the NFL. You graduate college. We're looking at the NFL now. Um so graduating. Um I did yeah, walked, got my degree, and then um going into the NFL, I went back to you. Came back here home to Utah to um, to work out and get ready with uh, John Madsen, um, former Utah U, went to the Oakland Raiders, but was underneath Urban Meyer. Mm-hmm. Um, won the, I want to say it was a Sun Bowl when Pittsburgh played Utah in the, oh no, the Fiesta Bowl. The Fiesta Bowl. So he was a part of all that. So I went back to John Madsen, got prepared, got all ready. And then it wasn't until um, uh, Pro Day. So I ended up doing. Um, so I was like 335 pounds at the time. Um, probably the biggest I've ever been and not the fastest, but I ended up running like a five, three forty, and, um, which was like super kind of slow for me, but I was super strong at the time. Um, I ended up doing 42 reps on the 225 bench. Holy smokes. And then, and then that was like a big thing to, um, not the highest jumper. I think I got like twenty seven inch vert, but it was yeah. And then um, I mean, let's be honest. You don't have to jump as a lineman. No, I, yeah, you ain't jumping. This is the power. <laughs> Get him back, man. No, for sure. And then um, uh, did some good drills, uh, for the coaches for the scouts over there. Um, and then when draft day came, I didn't get drafted. Ended up going free agent, but what happened was, um. Pete Carroll was the head coach for the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. And he uh, literally called me after that that last round of the draft, gave me a call. Didn't, uh, well, I had his phone number in my phone already. So it was one of those things. It's like, why in the heck did Pete Carroll call me? What'd you have his name saved under? Is it just Pete or did you have it Pete Carroll? Oh, it was Coach, coach Pete. Oh, okay. Yeah, Coach Pete. Um, but I saw it was Coach Pete and I was like, why would he be calling me? And then it just like clicked, like, he wants me to be a Seahawks. So, like, yeah, so instantly picked up the phone. He's like, hey, what's up, coach? And he's like, hey, Johnny, what's <laughs> up, man? He's like, oh, oh nothing, man. Just, like, got done watching the drive. He's like, yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, we just, man, long day, man, long day. And then, um, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then at, at that point, he's like, you know, got down to business. He's like, hey, he's like, hey, Johnny, um, just want to let you know we're looking over some stuff, and we think you'd be a good part of the part of the team. So how would you like to be a, C- uh, uh, be a Seahawk? And I remember the first words came out. I was like, hell yeah. I was like, hell yeah, coach. And then he's like, where do I got to be? So then uh, instantly. Um, so are, I you a, are you alone at this time? Oh, no, no. So I, I had my dad and my mom all with me. They're, oh. they're, they're, they're like, 
like their faces like, oh, what's he say? What's he say? So when you the phone rings, yeah. Coach Pete Carroll on the phone. Yep. The family, they, they everybody sees what's going on. Yeah. And you, they see you having this conversation. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, hell yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I didn't have it on speaker, but I had it on my phone. But when I said hell yeah, I, like instantly, my dad and my mom were like, oh, that's the, that's the, uh, the code for. Let's let's get to it, you know. Yeah. And then, uh, so I got the workout. Um, so I wasn't like on the team. So I got a workout from the Seahawks. Was there for like a week. Um, they invited like thirty people, but mm-hmm. only took two guys. Wow. I know it was it was rough. And then that, and at that point, it's like a lot of competition. Lots of competition from it. And obviously, the more you go up, the less room for error. Yeah. So it, at that point, it's like, man, I gotta be on my game. But and they're just running through drills. Running through drills. Running through like. Um, seven on or nine on sevens, where it's like without the wide receivers, but it's like just linemen and linebackers. Um, running through all those kind of drills, uh, conditioning tests, um, yeah, just everything that you would nor- do a normal practice, but then and then some. But um, meetings, uh, throwing the playbook at you, asking questions of like, well, what would you do in this situation, and what where's your mind at? What would you do this? Like, what what call would you call? And stuff like that. So it's like they're just picking, picking, uh, picking uh, each other's brains. Um, and then I'm like, man, like, yeah, I have to be on my A game. So obviously, I didn't get picked up because they only took two guys. Like I said, out of the thirty, I was part of the thirty. Um, and then at that point, um, I still tried to go to the league, but my agent at the time, um, he lost his NFLPA license, so I had to search and kind of find agents and try to. Uh, Mingle and see who's who and who's what could be a good fit. Um, and then at that point, I fell into arena football. Mm-hmm. And and that, I went that professional route. So, which was crazy because going from an offensive lineman to then going to arena football, now, now I'm a fullback, mm-hmm. a glorified offensive lineman who can run and catch the ball. And the only reason why I played fullback in arena football is because Nobody else wanted to like go head up with the, the linebacker because um, arena football is a lot different rules than out- outdoor yeah. football. So um, it's quick too. It's quick, high scoring. Like a low scoring game was like 50, 60 points. Yeah. That's a low scoring game. I used to DJ for the arena football out here. Screaming, screaming, dude. Oh yeah, Doug, you yeah, came. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, remember, I remember we. Yeah, yeah. I remember we adapted up and then took a picture. Um, yeah. No, that man. So like, obviously, you know, arena football is. Fast paced, different, um, but at that point I just figured out that like, hey, if I want to, I think I was not so much like trying to live the dream, but it just I just knew that like I had too much years left in my knees to like be an athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, but then at that point, obviously went to the Portland Thunder, Los Angeles Kiss, and then Orlando, Florida, to play for the Predators, and that's 2018, and then. Um, I'm kind of rambling through this already, but it's like in uh, 2018, played at the Utah Warriors for like a couple games. Rugby, rugby, um, local team here in Utah. Go Warriors! And then, um, but yeah, and then now the rest is history. Now I'm up in here. <laughs> so through through all that, you you there's a lot of ups downs through your story. A lot of things that um you learn, man. But what do you feel like you've learned the most through this whole thing? As much as man, it's almost like you gotta have to find ways to do it for yourself. 
Mm-hmm. And I don't want to say that selfishly, but it's like there's so much that your friends and your family can do for you. But it's ultimately what the decisions that you make and the choices that you make. It's um, that's that's what else ultimately came down to me because it's like, no one's no one's putting the helmet on for me. Mm-hmm. No one's putting the football pad or football pads on me and my cleats on for me. Um, and then it got to the point where it's like, well, if I'm gonna do this, I gotta do it for John. And if I if I gotta do this, then it's it's gotta come from a place that's like, genuine and 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 wholehearted, where it's like. Um, are you dabbling? Are you on the fence about it? Or are you all in? Mm-hmm. And and I, I got to that point where it's like, yeah, you, had, you just had to, I had to dig deep, really, really deep to figure out if I really wanted to still be an athlete or not. Do you, um now, now in 2022, um, you're a man of faith, mm-hmm. right? You have, you always been, um, uh, Mormon, right? Latter-day so, Saint? Uh, so, no. So, I've no. been a heathen. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, uh, I've uh, been out here. Yeah, I've been out here, man. <laughs> uh, so, I was... I, I grew up in, in around it, the Church of uh, Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints, but um, it wasn't until June 15th, this past month, uh just recently got baptized. So, there was never... Because uh, typically in, in our culture here in Utah, when I say our culture, I don't mean... Uh, any faith I mean just like Being a Utah um, There is the the path of like Yo after school You're going to Go on a mission Yep But that was never a thing for you You never were like I'm going on a mission Because you weren't a part of the faith At the time mm-hmm. Is that gonna change now Do you Is there I don't know how the whole faith thing works mm-hmm. Do you Get a calling <clears throat> Is Can you still do a mission Is that something that um, you want to do Well so uh, No that's a good question So I'm I'm full so, of them Yeah <laughs> So, <laughs> so, uh, so I just turned 31 this past Saturday. Oh man, uh, man. we getting better, man. We getting better, man. No, um, so just turned 31, so I'm too old to go on like a, a mission. But if I were to get married, I can go on like a a mission with my spouse. Oh. So then that I could be like within the, the ward and help out that way, like a. So I'd be I would be considered an elder, but I just wouldn't be like a 18 year old kid knocking doors. I just would help out with the the church or the ward. But um, but yeah, I, I'm still learning because uh, I'm just newly baptized, fresh off, fresh in there. Um, but were you baptized here in Utah? Where did you get baptized at? I got baptized in U.S. or in Texas, in Colleyville, um, over there. And man, and that's and that's another thing too is I I, I appreciate all my friends out there because they're just a good friend group, good yeah. influence on me. <clears throat> but but also I remember my parents also asking like, man, I wonder if like. If John was um, baptized before all this, like, wonder where what path he would have taken. Would he have gone to USC if he was um, a member of the church and stuff like that? So uh, I do ask what if questions a lot. But um, but I do know that in college, you know, being a regular 18-year-old, 19-year-old kid in college, you know, obviously drinking and smoking is a, a big kind of outdoor or not or like the outside of the mm-hmm. life partying fraternities all that kind of stuff um but yeah i don't know it's almost the what if question like maybe things would have been different or yeah for sure being a being a man of faith what what made you go that route um to be baptized yeah so at, at, at 31 years old why were you like yo now's the time hmm. well i almost i almost feel like uh well, the two parts. So I almost feel like 
all the stuff that I've been through, it was almost like a preparation to get to it because timing, timing is everything, right? Mm-hmm. So I almost feel like the stuff that I went through, it was meant for, it was meant for me leading up into the baptism because it prepared me to like, well, I know where this door leads and I know where that door leads. So it's like I, and I've experienced, I've experienced that and I've, I've emotionally know where that's going to go. So it's like, I don't want to go there because I got to, because I got to do this. So I got to stay away from that door. Got to stay away from that door. So those, those are the, the, the things that I was thinking about. And then also leading up until um, backstory 2020. Uh, do you know Etu Moly? Yeah. All, all those little brothers. So he was with me. He's with me out there in Texas. So he is, or first time I ever met with the sister missionaries was uh, 2020. Sorry, uh, and those of you who don't know um, the gospel or the Book of Mormon, it was just the plan of salvation. The first question they asked me was like, "Hey, John, do you do you think or do you know that God has a plan for you specifically for John?" And I was like, "Well, I never thought about it like that, but I, I knew that God had a plan for all of us, mm-hmm. but I never had like a plan for like me." And then the next question is like, "Well, what's what's something that you?" you're looking for is seeking out of this. And and for my mom passing away, it was the question of like, hey, am I going to see loved ones? Am I going to see an afterlife after this? Am I going to see friends that have committed suicide but did it in a way that's like, you know, am I going to see all those people? Um, And is it is it going to be like true? Is it the truth? And they told me the plan of salvation. And I've done some soul seek like like i said the what you put into it is what you get out of it so i was doing that for me not not doing it for anybody else so um so 2020 fast forward to 2022 up until now um met with the elders out in texas um elder christensen elder anderson and elder Fredlinson. they taught me the plan of redemption and what the plan of redemption is it's like hey it doesn't matter what you've done in your past that's, that was meant for it to happen. That was, that was meant for you to learn all those things so then it can be something that can catapult you or momentumly push you into a spiritual place. Because then it's like, well, like, dang, like, you mean like I had to go through all that to get to this point? Like, well, you can ask all the why questions you want, but it's like now I'm at this point. I I am where I am because of me. So it's like. And then at that point, I'm like, well, baptism, right? I feel it's like a spiritual momentum for me because um, uh, to give like a talk or like a uh, an example, because the only way that all this information was to sink into my head was sports analogies. Mm-hmm. So one of the sports analogies that sunk into my head was um, spiritual momentum. And Russell Nelson said a talk was, or think of a basketball game. And first quarter, Back and forth match, back and forth match, seesaw battle. Second quarter hits, five seconds left in the, in the in the first half. Guy passes the ball in, takes the ball, shoots a three pointer, sinks it. That momentum going into that half eventually ends up letting them win the game because of that momentum that they got from that that moment that happened. Now talking about baptism, I feel like baptism for me. Is like, is that that hail mary, that last second three pointer shot where it's like, baptism, 
doesn't mean the work stops. Baptism means that, like, now the work begins. Mm-hmm. So knowing that story was like, this is my this is my shot to, like, spur a spiritual momentum to lead into the second half of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's where it just, like, all clicked for me. Because, like, I know that, like, I know we're all here for a purpose. I know that we're all here for a reason. There's a reason why I came here to talk to you. Um, and whether if the talks that we're talking about sheds light onto someone else and, and sparks, a, sparks a light in somebody from listening to all of this stuff, like, I do believe that's, like, the for a reason. And the baptism wasn't just for me. It was for, like, for everybody around me because mm. it was, like, so cool to see, like, guys that were, like, drinking on weekends and smoking cigarettes and all that kind of stuff. And, it, and then it got to the point where it's, like, kind of like football, like, well, if John can do this, I can do this too. Yeah. And then and then that's when like sports and all that kind of stuff like I could I could be a role model for sports for like kids and stuff, but like for to be like a faith and and not to be religious or anything, but it's like, man, if I could do football like and to have the same kind of impact on the same people around me, then it's like the same question, like or the same thing that comes to my head, well, if John can do this, I could do this too. Absolutely. And then and then that's that. That's where just everything started to click for me. I think that uh, this next chapter in your life is one that you could tell that is one that you are happy about, one that you are passionate about, and one that you're learning still. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I feel like it's it's like uh, in the in the other half of your life where you were learning football, where you were learning these different things, X's and O's. Exactly. Yeah. You were excited about it. There was that spark. There was that that drive. It's just, it's the same thing, but now on this other half of your life, mm-hmm. just like you said, mm-hmm. and I think it's beautiful. I think it's awesome. Thanks, man. And I'm very proud of you, man. <laughs> Thank you, man. Because uh, and I, I hope I hope people uh, can. I know people will get something from this story because mm-hmm. um, you have a tremendous one. There's so much that we didn't even dive into. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? There's yeah. so much that we didn't dive into, but I also uh, know that we don't have a lot of time as well. But um. One thing I want to do with you is well, one the hat. I noticed that. Oh hat. yeah, yeah, yeah. What's up? We want to talk about the hat real quick. Yeah. Um. So goes back to Coach Mac. Yeah. Um. So he instilled. Um. I'm not sure if you can see this, but mm-hmm. uh, he instilled uh, a saying, um, in his culture on his team. So Mafu, the literal translation of Mafu in Tongan is is heart. Oh. Um. I'm not sure if that was coincidental or not, but it, that's just what it means. And then the M is mental toughness. A is for attitude, F is for fanatical effort, and the U is for unity. Mm-hmm. And it became Mafu, and then Mafu Mafia, and then it became like something that everybody could just like, um, yeah, just have in their hearts. Where it's just like when they think of Coach Mac, they think of Mafu, and they think of all the things that he's done for everybody that he's touched as far as like their their lives and their families and stuff like that. So that's that's where this hat comes from. And uh, I I actually just got done talking to Coach Mac. Uh, they're doing a documentary series on his life and his legacy. Um, you can find it on athletes TV. Um, that's the only place you can see it. Um, but yeah, that's that's the platform where you can find it at. And um, and I actually just got interviewed to be a part of that that docu series. And then and then I got the hat along with it. That's awesome. Yeah. And, um, 
But yeah, it's super cool. Shout out to Coach Mac, man. Coach I, Mac. I met Coach Mac for the first time. It was I was with Pierre, and we went to Weber State. Yep. And he, he was uh, the head coach at that time. Yeah, Coach Mac was up there, and uh, this was at a time when Weber State just they just. I don't know if they got new funding or whatever, but they <laughs> built a whole brand new field and, and they got a whole bunch of cool things. And uh, they were turning that program around mm-hmm. once Coach Matt got over there. So I just seen the impact of what he was doing and what um, how these kids uh, look at him. So to see firsthand, to see you, uh, you know, experience the same thing, I think that's dope, man. So I think I think Mafu is something that we all can adapt to for sure. Man, it's all about that heart. Uh, something I want to do with you, though, man, uh, something I do on this show <clears throat> is we create a festival, a music festival. Okay. Um, so what I want to do is where are we having this festival? What location? Anywhere in the world. It might not even be in the world. It might be on a different planet. Ooh. Anywhere. Okay. You've traveled a lot of places. Yeah. Um, dang. So the because oh, if, if we're doing like out, out of the planet, it would be cool to do a, something on the moon. Ooh, and then have like the Earth be the background. Yeah, into the into the uh, festival. I like that. Um, what we can call it? Uh, Moon Fest. Ooh, I was I was thinking rock stars. Or, rock stars. Or, or, uh, or um, dang, uh, outer, um, outer space. Uh, so, uh, or the Moon Rock. Moon Rock. Moon Rock. Moon Rock Fest. Moon Rock Fest. Okay, okay. Moon Rock Fest. Moon I like Rock that. Fest. Okay, Houston, say again, please. Uh, Houston, we've had a problem. We've had a main beam on Thunderbolt. Roger, main beam Thunderbolt. Okay. That's one small step for man. One giant leap for man. Unrestricted podcast listeners, we are going intergalactic. Make sure you get these Moonfest tickets right now. Moonfest.com. Do not sleep on it. This is the concert of the century. We out of this world, baby. Let's do a host. We need a host who's hosting Moon Rock Fest. Not Chris Rock. <laughs> <laughs> or it could have been just with the theme. Chris Rock, Moon Rock. What about Buzz Lightyear? Ooh, okay. I haven't seen the new movie yet, but I would think Buzz Lightyear would be dope. So Buzz Lightyear. Okay. He's hosting. He's who's hosting. the DJ? Um, ooh, DJ, DJ. You know what? Being being local, I want to uh, either DJ uh, Freshness or um, well, obviously you. <laughs> but then uh, if I was to put like a like a historical DJ, DJ. Um, oh, D- you ever heard of DJ Noise? No, he's kind of like a Polynesian um, out like here. Influ- no, no, I'm, I forget where he's from, but he's he's uh, he's Polynesian. Though. How about we have him tag team? Okay. Ness and noise. Easy noise. Yeah. Turntables on both sides. Boom. Boom. Buzz Lightyear on the mic. <laughs> yep. Buzz Lightyear is <laughs> introducing our first guest yes. for Moon Rock Fest. Mm-hmm. Who's he? Who's he bringing out? Who's our first act? Um. Dang. One of the people that I've always wanted to see is uh, Freddie Mercury. Oh. Or cause, just because Mercury. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's perfect. The, so Queen. Yeah. Oh yeah. Queen. So Ooh. we get with Freddie Mercury. Queen come out. Yep. Ooh, no that. gravity, so everybody's just floating. <laughs> it's like everybody take your seats. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so we have them. Uh, we need another act. Who else we um, got? Another one I wanted to always see is Bob Marley. I've always wanted to see a Bob Marley concert. Bob Marley and the Wellers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think. Would, oh man, that'd be perfect. Yeah. 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 
obviously, you know, those are, those are, this is my past life. Put put a spliff in the air that, on the moon on the moon rock. <laughs> Yo, this is my past life. That's hilarious. All right, so we have uh, Freddie Mercury and Queen. We have Bob Marley yep. and the Wailers. Uh, we have our DJs. We have yep. Buzz Lightyear out there. He brings Toy Story. I mean, Woody's yep. out there. He got the yep. mechanical bull. We're hanging <laughs> out. We're having fun. Um, who's our co-main event? Right before the main main the main attraction, who comes out? I feel like I might get some flack for this, but I feel like Kid Cudi. Ooh, would be. A he good had the one. man on the moon. That's a, yeah. That's where it came from. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's a great good, album. That's a great album. Uh, Pursuit now of Happiness. When the sun comes up, Ooh. I will never say what up in Heck the morning. Yeah. Okay. So he he comes out. Uh, who and then uh, who's our main event? The main event of the evening. Dang, I was. Oh, I feel like Queen would be the best one to leave it off on. But um, well, maybe we can move them. Maybe we move Queen to yeah. close with Freddie Mercury. Now we need the opener then. Hmm. Um, we haven't had no women on the card just yet. Okay, so I think a nice. Ooh, what about um, oh. intergalactic? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, um, what about like Eve? Ooh, okay. Eve, little yeah. uh, let me blow your mind yeah, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Hey, I, I rock with Eve. Uh. I think uh, Tambourine is one of my favorite songs from Eve. Okay, let's go. So, so Eve, Eve opening up the show would be Im- incredible. Heck yeah! I, I tried to, I tried to play some music here, but it looks like it's not even working for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, cool, man. We got our Moon Rock Fest. Yeah. What year are we doing this? Into to Galactus. So we gotta do like thirty twenty six or something. Yeah, I was about to say so. So we're out there. <laughs> uh, Sponsored by Tesla or uh, or in uh, in Kobe twenty four twenty four. Okay. There you go. In our, in our Kobe. 2424. <laughs> yep. Uh John man, do you do you have any socials or any events that we should be looking out for? How can we follow your journey and whatnot? Um, well, uh just to give out my handles, um <clears throat> you can find me on at Big John the Don. Uh that's two G's, Big John the Don. And then I am trying to get into the the podcast life or just like just to help out local Utah folk. Yeah. Um it's called the Front Eight O One. Um, that's a, that's another one of my handles where I'm trying to like get people to realize that Utah is special too. Yeah, and there's there's so much beautiful stuff out here in Utah. Now, um, how are you gonna do that? But you live in Texas. I know. So so that's another thing is I'm I'm going back and forth. Okay. But uh, I feel like for the week that I've been out here, I've been able to create a lot of content, and pictures, and um, videos and stuff like that. So because uh, ultimately, I would love to just because this is home. Yeah, Utah's home for me and and for you. So. It's uh I do plan on coming back here to live um for the rest of my days for sure. Okay. Cool, man. Well the front podcast coming soon. Do we we gotta put a date out there? Do we have a we need to set like a yo, we're doing this, no more procrastinating. We got the stories, we got the people. You got such a, a great catalog too yeah. of like people that you've met mm-hmm. from different states that you can zoom in and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Dude, I would love to I would love to get to start by the by the like New Year's of 2023 okay so like the january or something like that Yeah, you got a few months yeah 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 because i i have accumulated a bunch of like the equipment and the gear um trying to work on my voice (laughs) but uh you'll find it yeah yeah. you'll find the voice you'll find the timing you'll find all that Mm -hmm. the more you do it for sure 
For sure. I look forward to listening to it, man, because I know that you have you have a really unique story where you've experienced so much. I mean, whether if it your adoption alone, like dealing with um, having a biological mother, you know, the 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 passing of your mother, um, you know, that's that's something that that's going to be the hardest day of my life when I lose my pops. You know, what I mean, my pops means the world to me. You know, what I mean. So I'm going to look at guys like you to help me through those type of moments. You know sure, what I mean? For sure. Um, but I know that those stories will help other people as well. So I look forward to listening to the front once we get this thing off the ground. And uh, let me know if you need help. I'm here if you need, um, you know, whatever it is. You know what I mean? Heck yeah. As much as, as, much as Coach Cecil had you guys have that bond there yeah. at that moment. Yeah. Just have an alumni bond. We're there. Heck yeah. Did they put like a uh, – do you have like a plaque or anything in school? At Conwood, um, they do have the records, but it's in it's in the weight room. Oh, okay. Yeah, all the weight room records. Dang, I think, yeah, man, like you, Coach Cecil, like you guys need like a little plaque or something. I know. Other than like the the runner up uh, state <laughs> state trophy, nah, yeah. uh, but I I do plan. Well, that's another thing too. I I do plan on like putting my jersey back there. Wow. Um, not like a ego thing, but just to be like, dude, you can get you guys could do it too. Yeah. Like, there's so much stuff that happened before this that you guys have to know that like. There was so much cool stuff that went on that during that era. I wonder if I could do something like that. I've accomplished some cool stuff. I know <laughs> you have, dude. Like, you have, dude. I made it on the radio. You let's, know what go. I mean? let's go. I've won DJ of the Year Thank twice. You. You okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I've, I've never seen that. Maybe, maybe I can get like a cool. I mean, there's no place. I mean, maybe like a creative something. Maybe not in the gym or anything, but maybe yeah. they could throw me somewhere. There's like a. Well, I know there's that that huge trophy case right when you walk into the car yeah. with like. They could put a record in there for me, a microphone or something. Ooh. Like we had alumni that did this, and you could do it too. Yes. <laughs> who else? Who else has done some really cool stuff that are alumni? Um, well, do we have any senators? Do we have any governors that came from our high school? I can't think oh, that magicians. <laughs> I know Jocelyn was a jazz dancer. I know obviously oh, yep. Stanley went to the NFL. Um, yeah. I can't. I can't really think of anybody. Me either. Different, <laughs> different time. Make sure you follow John, man. Uh, he has a really cool um, thing that he's doing, man, with this whole, um, you know, with your your life in general, man. So I uh, appreciate you, my brother. I hope y'all have a great rest of your day. And uh, again, thank you. Hey, thank you.